G'day friends, if you're listening to this months or years from now, I'm speaking to you from a time before the great Dunny Roll War, a time before President Sanders had his stroke and Vice President Rogan took office, and before Elon Musk made a break for it and moved to Mars. Yes, today I will be talking about what everyone's talking about. Everyone's favourite deadly pandemic cold, the coronavirus. And I'm going to be talking about how it has ruined everything. It's affecting the football. Talking about the news that we got last night that, at least for round one, all the games are going to be played without crowds. And I'm going to sort of discuss what other options they have and what could happen for the rest of the year. It's going to be a fun one, this one. All right, let's get into it. So yeah, yesterday we got the confirmed news from the AFL CEO, Gillian McLaughlin, that for the time being, at least for round one, excuse me, they're going to play games as normal, just without anyone in attendance. So when you think about what their options were, Right. This is obviously one of their options. And I think for the time being, it's probably the right one. Although time will tell. Everything's literally changing every half hour. But I think that with the information they had at the time, this podcast, by the way, is being recorded. What's the date today? It is Saturday night, the 14th of March, 2020. So everything I'm saying is correct to the best of my knowledge up to this time. Um, But yeah, I think with where we're at at the moment, having the games go ahead crowdless was probably the right call. The other option would have been to postpone the start of the season. Because, so the AF, they actually got a little bit of wiggle room. Like, so the season starts sort of late March, mid to late March always, and then it ends on the last Saturday of September. And in that time, this is the current layout of the season, changes occasionally, this is the current layout. Teams play 22 games and they have a bye. And then also between the end of the season and the finals, there is another week off. The buys are stretched out over three weeks in the middle of the year. So six teams have a week off 
each of those three weeks. So there's a bit of wiggle room already. If they needed to pause the season at some point or postpone it indefinitely, they can squish those three weeks into one and just have one week as a buy where everyone gets a week off. Or they might not even need to do that if they've actually paused the season for a month in the middle of the year. Everyone gets a month-long buy, so they could cancel the buys altogether. So there's a little bit of wiggle room they've got. They also obviously have that week between the season ending and the finals where they could <clears throat> where they could get rid of that as well. And that gives them a bit of more wiggle room. The problem they've got is that the season is running late and, you know, by that September time, the coronavirus is starting to go away and things are starting to go back to normal. There is the cricket season they have to worry about. And cricket is played all over Australia at a lot of the grounds they play the footy at. So that's a big problem. There are an endless number of problems that the AFL is going to face. First of all, the amount of money they're going to lose from sponsorships, ticket sales, just selling food and drinks at the grounds, like the uproar about cancelling the attendance for round one. People were, you know, screaming, when are we going to get our money back? They didn't have anything to worry about. Literally, this morning, they've announced that everyone who had a ticket for round one is getting their money back. But the question is, how long are they going to be happy doing that for? How much money are they going to be... Obviously, that's not anyone's priority, but it is something that's going to be in the back of their minds. How much money are they going to be happy to lose? Right? What is looking likely is that post-round one, so come round two, they may just postpone the season from then on. Having actually started the season, so having played round one, makes it a lot harder to postpone the season because they're in it now. They've started it. They kind of need to finish it, right? They could have made it easy for themselves and just decided, you know, sometime during this week, this coming week, so before Thursday night when the first game is scheduled, they could have said, right, this season we've called it off. Right, just 2020, just put it away, anticipating that the coronavirus is going to be a very serious problem for possibly the next six months, which is about how long the footy season goes for. Right, so they just put it away for a year, come back at the start of 2021, start fresh. Right? So they could have done that, which again is just oodles more problems. We've already talked about all the money they would have lost but there's things about players' careers, right? There'd be dozens of players who this year would have ended up being their last year, so they would probably have to retire without playing any more games. There's, oh, it would just be, everything about this coronavirus is a logistical nightmare, right? Even not just the footy, right? Everything that's been cancelled, concerts, festivals, like bloody just shows, markets, the the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, that's been cancelled. Like, they're, they're, they're saying today 
that they're, they're, they're having a meeting about it at the start of next week about cancelling Anzac Day, like the, the the march and the dawn service and all that, which seems very likely. It makes sense. Like the the ways in which our lives are going to be impacted, it, the list is just going to grow because we're still in probably the early stages of this thing, so it is going to get worse, not better. Like the other pretty big problem that we've got is what happens if someone at a club gets it. Right? Like they've talked about there being top-up players available, like what happened to Essendon when a lot of their players got suspended for the drug scandal. You know, VFL-level players who've maybe been delisted from AFL clubs or recently retired players, that kind of thing, they were used to top them up. So that is available. That will be available to clubs if some of their players go down and they can't field a full side or I don't, you know, don't have enough players available to run a club. But what happens if it whips through a whole club? Right, what happens? Like, they can't top up 30 players. That wouldn't work. Right, that's just become silly. You know, if there's a bunch of players playing in a game who are just not at AFL level, like, it's just going to be a joke. So what happens if, come one weekend, a team can't play? Right. Will that specific game have to be postponed? Like, when could they do it? They just move it to the end of the year? How many games could they possibly move around under those circumstances before they would just have to call everything off? Like, it's a really sort of scary thought about how far things could go. But the more you think about it, the more questions get raised, you know. It's a really complicated thing. That being said, it is very interesting to think about how the game is going to be to watch without crowds, right? It's definitely going to change the viewing experience. But it's interesting to think about how it's going to change how the players go, right? Because think about the impact the crowd has, right? Obviously, when your team's up and going, crowd's making a lot of noise, kicking goals. It's very exciting for the players. probably gives them a lot of motivation. But it's also probably a huge distraction at times. Right? Think, like, a lot of people think that the players are going to be really thrown off by not playing in front of people. I do not understand that at all. Right? Every single match simulation they go through at training is in front of no one. Right? Like, even at VFL level, you're often not playing, like, you play in front of maybe a thousand people, at most, they don't make a lot of noise. Right? They play AFL games in places like China, Darwin, Townsville, and Alice Springs, right? Where you're not playing in front of a lot of people. So it's relatively quiet, right? Even when teams play interstate, when they kick a goal... There's no sound, right? If they're sort of near the cheer squad end, they might get, they might hear a bit of noise. But, like, if you're, say, Gold Coast, and you're coming to play Richmond at the MCG, do you think the Gold Coast players can hear a single bloody Gold Coast fan screaming and cheering when they kick a goal? No, sir. No chance, right? 
So players are not alien to the idea of there being silent celebration when they kick a goal. Think about this as well. Think about the umpires. Right? Crowds carry on endlessly when it comes to the umpires. Right? Call they don't like. You know? Or, you know, after a series of questionable calls and they finally make a call that the crowd likes, you know, you get the jeering. Right? It's going to be very interesting to see I'm not saying the umpires umpire any differently when the crowds are there, although they absolutely do. If you look at the stats for West Coast when they're playing over in Perth, they get so many free kicks because the West Coast crowds like to boo a lot. It's going to be interesting to see how the umpiring is affected. I personally think also that goal kicking has to improve. It, excuse me, it has to improve, right? Like, take a player in that situation when they're lining up for goal, set shot, and you take away 40,000 people, right? Do you think it will be easier or harder for them to kick the goal? There you go, right? So I think goal king is going to improve. So we could see higher scoring games. Don't know, fingers crossed. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's... It's going to be funny seeing all the players not shaking hands. They're going to be doing the elbow bumps or the fist bumps or the nodding of heads. Which is fair enough. The last thing you want is a player to get it because someone didn't wash their hands. Then it goes to a coach. Like, yeah, all the, all the players are obviously super fit and if they got it, they'd be fine. But what if it gets to a coach like Chris Fagan, who's a bit older, you know, or any of the staff who might be a bit older, you know. Elderly people are quite at risk. Like, you know, the people who have died in Australia have been very elderly. I think they're like, I think there was one in their 70s, 80s and 90s. So a bit older than the people who were involved in the AFL, but still. Like, there is real risk involved, which is why I think the AFL may lean eventually towards... Um, just scrapping the whole thing for a little while just to see how things play out. But yeah, we know we know that no one is safe. We know that no one is safe because Tom Hanks has it. And I can say absolutely that that is where we draw the line, coronavirus, all right? You know, you can have Italy, all right? That's fine. But when you come after Tom Hanks... You crossed a you crossed a line, okay. You're going down now. Tom Hanks is a global treasure, okay. He's Forrest Gump, all right. He is Woody, okay. Don't mess with Woody, okay. That was that was the moment where I think subconsciously we all got together and we decided that this was going to end, right? So you done did it now, coronavirus. You, you made your own bed, dug your own grave, all right? That was the moment you fucked up. Just remember that, right? When you're dead and gone, okay? Don't come after Tom Hanks. Gee whiz. Oh. Yeah, it's really strange times, isn't it? Yeah. 
everyone's seeing how everyone's behaving at the supermarkets, everyone's seeing the news, everyone's in a bit of a panic. We just, I just hope that it, it, it brings everyone together more than it tears everyone apart. Like, this is where we need to be a real community, okay? We don't need to see any of the racist shit, you know, calling out Asian people in the street. That's not on, right? That's not cool. We don't need to see that. We need to, don't need to go around hugging everyone for obvious reasons, but just being that bit more friendly. Everyone is very scared. Everyone is very unsure about what's going to happen. Just, you know, just to see, you know, don't fight over toilet paper at the supermarket. You know, have a laugh. God, if you can't, if we can't have a little chuckle about this situation, everyone's going to get really upset. <laughs> so just smile. Be friendly. Be kind to each other. Be thoughtful, you know. If people, you know, people are going to be very stressed and afraid, so... Just be mindful of that before you start judging people's behaviour. Yeah. It's a brutal one. I was supposed to be talking about the footy. I got a bit real there for a second, sorry. Yeah, I hope the footy's still good. I hope it continues. Round one is going to be utterly, utterly fascinating. Every single player that gets interviewed is going to be asked, how is it playing in front of no crowd? And they're going to go, oh, it's weird playing in front of no crowd. Um, Yeah, I'm going to be watching. I'm going to watch as much as I can. I'm going to try and... God, this is a crap year to start an AFL podcast, isn't it? (laughs) That wasn't a corona cough. I'm fine. I don't have it. I promise. Just a cold night. The air is brisk in my... Sensitive little throat. I don't have it, I promise. Um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I'm going to watch as much as I can. I'm going to keep talking about it on the on the podcast. Um, might as well do my tips <clears throat> for each week. Don't see why not. I'm imagining I'm going to be doing probably around one footy podcast a week. So I might as well do my tips. Um, Richmond v Carlton, first game of the year. I think Richmond win that pretty comfortably, especially given Kerno and Mackay aren't going to be playing for Carlton. They might struggle to kick lots of goals enough to beat Richmond. Uh, next Friday night, Doggies versus Collingwood. I'm going with the Doggies at this one. Um, I think the Bulldogs are going to surprise a lot of people this year. The game's also at Marvel. Collingwood are not as good at Marble as they are at the G. Um, yeah, I just I really rate the doggies this year. I think they're gonna pounce on the pies. Alright, then moving into Saturday, we've got Essendon versus Fremantle. You know, I think I mean both these teams have been pretty smashed by injuries in the preseason, but I think Fremantle are really gonna struggle this year. And it's in Melbourne, so I think Essendon win that one pretty easily. I don't see the Dockers being able to go to her with them. Uh, next up on the Saturday afternoon, we're moving to Adelaide for the Crows versus the Swans. I think both these sides are going to be bottom four this year, so this could be a really interesting or really boring game. Um, 
I do think, given it's in Adelaide, I think the Crows will get them. But could go either way. I think Sydney will be a better side over the course of the year, but I think the fact that it's in Adelaide will give Adelaide the edge to start the year. Uh, next up on Saturday night, got Gold Coast versus Port Adelaide. Again, while I think Gold Coast are going to improve this year, I think Port will get the job done on that one. Uh, also on Saturday night, got the Giants versus the Cats. This will be an interesting one to see where Geelong are at, to have a big test first up. But I do think the Giants are going to get them. I think the Giants are going to be really strong this year, as they were last year. And I think they'll be too good for the Cats. Moving on to Sunday, we got North Melbourne versus St Kilda. Um, this might be the hardest game of the round to tip, probably. The, the betting odds have St Kilda pretty heavy favourites, which I thought was interesting. I do think St Kilda are going to win. I think they've looked very strong in the preseason. They seem to have figured out a very effective uh, lineup, you know, as well as all the new players they've brought in, a couple of position changes, like Ben Long to half back. Seems like it's going to work really well. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, I'll go with the Saints for that one. No favouritism there at all. Uh, next up, we've got Hawthorne versus Brisbane at the MCG on Sunday afternoon. I think I'm going to go with Brisbane. I think Hawthorne, I think Hawthorne are going to be good this year, but I'm not sure how good. I think they, they have looked a little bit slow in the preseason, and I think Brisbane are going to be back and dangerous this year. So I think in what you would probably consider an upset, given it's at the MCG, I think Brisbane will win that one. Uh, and then last game for the round, Eagles versus Melbourne over in Perth. This is a pretty easy one. I think the Eagles will smash them, get Tim Kelly to show off all his new tricks. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't give Melbourne any chance in this one. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how all those games go in front of no crowd. It's going to be very interesting. It's going to be very interesting to see how the whole year goes. So, yeah, it's a bit more of a serious podcast, this one, but had to be done. Try and lighten the mood next time. I don't know, just a, it's a very stressful time. That's all I can really say about that. Just, you know, be smart. Wash your hands, smile, you know, be kind to each other, and yeah, we'll all we'll all get through this together. I think we're all going to be fine, and footy's going to be fine. Never, oh, sorry, um, yeah, footy's going to be fine, even if they have to postpone it, whatever they have to do, footy is going to be okay. Coronavirus is going to kill more people, unfortunately, but it is never going to kill our love of footy so yeah um hope everyone has a good day hope we're all staying safe all right peace out have a good one love you